0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that opinions all are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised.
1: On this week's Court TV podcast, despite courtrooms continuing to be shut down, major developments are happening in a number of high profile cases across the country. From doomsday cult mom Lori Vallow to the killer clown murder trial, Harvey Weinstein to alleged murdering stepmom Leticia Stalck will bring you up to speed on the latest.
0: This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan and Seema Iyer.
2: Welcome to another edition of CORE TV's COVID-19 podcast. I'm Seema Iyer, and from his dungeon amongst a basement full of dead bodies is Vinnie Palton.
1: I think you're exaggerating. I am in the basement, but I'm surrounded by uh, Emmy wards and how, other things. Wait, how
2: many Emmys? I see one.
1: Emmy Award.
2: Okay, yeah, it's singular. Okay, how are you? How, how are you holding up? It's been another week. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> no, no, everything is everything's fine. Uh, starting to get into the groove of this new life. It's it's a different life. Yes. But I think the human species is very adaptable, and I have adapt, But I'm very hungry for jury notices to start going out.
2: <laughs> well, let me tell you, I am loving the new eight to eleven. PM, core TV show. We're doing it live every night. Uh, you're hosting it, which is, of course, a little different, you know, because in the podcast, I'm the boss, clearly. But every night, 8 to 11, it's kind of like you're the boss, which is definitely a different dynamic for me to have to almost answer to you. Don't love that, but I love the stories. I love, love, love the stories we're telling.
1: Well, what we're, what we're doing is we're able to take a look at the trials that are coming up, We're able to look back at the trials we've covered, so you're getting more depth and, and I think, more understanding of the cases. And we're also taking a look at all these new things. For instance, uh, in-depth coverage of what's happening in Rexburg, Idaho, Chandler, Arizona, Gilbert, Arizona, down in Hawaii, in Louisiana, uh, in Utah, (laughs) all related to one woman, her husband, and a pile of dead bodies and two missing children. Of course, I'm talking about doomsday cult mom, Lori uh, Vallow Daybell.
2: She I don't is wanna, something. I don't like...
1: Yeah, She's a piece of work, and they're, she's locked up right now because you won't tell anyone where her kids are. And And that began an investigation that now led to investigators taking a closer look at the death of three other human beings one being her former husband one being the wife of her now husband the other being her brother who shot her former husband i mean it's insanity but here's the next big thing that's happening she's trying to get out she's trying to get out and she's going in for another bail reduction hearing and there may be an issue here because On the one hand, you did have a recorded conversation, which we've spoken about, Mm -hmm. uh, with her attorney. The the jail recorded it. So now she's got some ammo going in. And from what Ted Rollins is telling us from his reporting on the show, 8 to 11, folks, uh, weeknights, um, is that if this bail gets lowered from $1 million, she could get out, Sema. Okay. Cold Mom could get out.
2: Well, listen, we all thought she was going to get out after that initial bail hearing, right? Because Chad was in the office, in the office, in the in the courtroom. Chad, I thought that Chad had money, and we thought she was going to get out. But then Ted reported something really strange about the bail bondsman, and the bail bondsman uh, was saying, no, we're not going to put up your bond unless you tell us where the kids are. Uh, I really tip my hat to that bail bondsman.
1: Right. But you're asking, you'd rather have the person you're bonding out confess to the guilt or perhaps, uh, uh, present some live children. I mean, I, I can't imagine where these children could be. I mean, they could be holed up somewhere with some cult member who's hiding them from uh, COVID-19 yeah. and is hiding them as they prepare for the end of the world in July, part of their doomsday beliefs. Um, but I don't, I don't see any proof of life oh, anywhere.
2: We, no, I, I agree with you. I don't see it, and that's what concerns me. However, I have been thinking about this because we have been covering— uh, cult mom so heavily and it's really been weighing on me and I figured something out it bothers me her attitude she is smug she is aloof she's weirdly confident and now I figured it out If and I hope I'm right actually she knows where the kids are the kids are safe and that's why she doesn't get rattled that's my theory this is my new theory write it down write okay. it down
1: yeah, I hope it's right. I hope it's right. I pray that it's right. Uh, but my gut's telling me it's not because of the pile of bodies that we have. And, and that's, that's my real, real concern here. And is and, and her daughter, we saw in, in the video that we had on the, on the program. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: when she's flirting with the cops. Sh- Love that video.
1: Right. When Colt Mom's flirting with the cops. But her daughter, who was just 16 at the time, so mature, so bright. I can't imagine she would let herself be hidden somewhere, knowing that the world is. I mean, she's got to be hidden somewhere where there's no television and no internet. Wait. Because she would know everybody uh, is looking for her. Okay.
2: I agree with you that Tylee seemed to be a very composed young lady, almost protective of her mom, you know, with the hand on her mom's hand saying, okay, don't, you know, don't say too much, just keep it together. However, anyone, Whether you're a child or you're an adult, we are all susceptible to advice from the people we love. So if cult mom is telling her kids, hey, you're going to be safe here, I am protecting you, then they may be at some location uh, and not fighting being there.
1: But she's protective of her mother. And, and again, unless they have shut off all contact with the outside world, she knows her mother's locked up. And her mother wasn't expecting to be locked up. No way was she expecting that. She was down vacationing down in Hawaii. So from my perspective, if, if she is protective of her mother, she knows if she just comes out and shows herself and says, listen, I'm here. My brother is safe. I am safe. Free my mom. She could do that. You know, she's 17 years old. She's she's not like JJ, I understand he's much younger. And he's autistic. Um, and autistic. It's not gonna but it's from her and what I saw from her, I think that would happen. That's what has me even more worried after seeing that video. But you are
2: I, I think I understand what you're saying, but you are presuming that the kids know that she's in jail.
1: There's no way, unless you are cut off from television and internet, that you wouldn't know that. Well, they're definitely, mean, no, no, how- no, 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 how- no, of
2: course they're cut off from t- television, internet. That's the whole point of them being in hiding. I think they're cut off from television, internet. And, uh, I, I, and my question phones. is who is visiting them? Who's giving them food? Who's taking care of them? I mean, they could be in right. some kind of bunker, like a bunker like you're in. Listen, if your wife and kids didn't check on you, we wouldn't hear from you for days. Because you're down and, and by there. The that, way, you and your Emmy is, Award are just cuddling each other in that dungeon of yours.
1: This is the room you go to oh, my we have Emmy a,
2: Award. When am I gonna there get another? Are,
1: we get a lot of tornado warnings in, in this part of the country.
2: In this part and of the we country. Do, this
1: this is the safe room. There are no windows. Is that and why you don't I let have,
2: your family in your safe room?
1: <laughs> and I have baseball <laughs> helmets for everyone to wear. So this is a safe this is a safe place. And my children know it's a safe place.
2: Oh, that's good. Okay, so, all right. Yeah.
1: All right. So um, we've got another another story to talk about, and and this one I am only going. You know, this is the part of the podcast where we do what's called in the biz a tease. A
2: tease it's I sauce. I don't even tease. have
1: to. This is a, a three word tease, and it, and it's just how I identify this case, the killer <laughs> clown case. Next.
0: All right, so there's a case called the
1: Killer Clown case, which is now turning into the Killer Clown trial. But this is not a new one, folks. Uh, this is one that date, dates back to 1990. 1990, when Marlene Warren, who was uh, living uh, in Florida, of course, mm-hmm. doorbell rings, opens the doorbell. There's a clown there with balloons, flowers and apparently a gun, she is shot and killed. And the investigation goes on for years. There's, there's rumors and everything else, and nothing is solved. But now investigators believe they have it solved. They believe they have the person, and it is, uh, at least, could have been a, a death penalty case. Could have been a death penalty case. And the, the woman who was shot is Marlene Warren. The woman who's arrested, her name, Sheila Keene... <laughs> Keane, Warren. Warren. So this is not just a case of a killer clown. It's also an, an alleged love triangle, uh, Seema, and and there's yeah. a, there's a lot to this. Um, but the first thing is, who thinks this up? Who thinks?
2: Who thinks?
1: I'm going to dress up like a clown to commit. I don't understand.
2: Oh, I think it's a great idea. You do. I would actually, uh, yeah, uh, if I could go back in time to criminal defense work, I would advise more clients to dress up. Maybe a clown, like Elmo, a Smurf, uh, something. I mean, this is just as brilliant. I mean, think about it. Just think about it. 1990, this happened, okay? And this is someone who was known to the victim. So Sheila... Uh, was allegedly having an affair with Michael Warren, Marlene's husband, victim's husband. So they all knew each other. And in fact, uh, Joseph Aaron's, and this is uh, the son of Marlene, he was there when his mom got shot. He was 21 years old. He wasn't a kid. But because the defendant, Sheila, was wearing this clown outfit... And he even ran out. He ran outside to to catch up with the clown and still never identified her, which still bothers me because it's not just, okay. the clown outfit is there, but he did describe the person as being petite and small frame. So to me, I think that could have led investigators on the path of looking for a woman. What woman would have had a motive? She was the only woman who did.
1: True. True, but I, I still go back to the clown aspect of this. I mean,
2: you still on that? Okay. I and but I, I, I and that. I guess it it
1: it could potentially have worked for many years because she wasn't arrested, or maybe she didn't do it, and the person will never be arrested, so it actually worked. But there is nothing like you're going to notice a clown. If there's a clown driving a car, you're going to notice the clown. You know, if there's like a clown car. Yeah. If. <laughs> Like, isn't, isn't the whole point of, of, like, killing someone that you don't, you kind of want to th- blend in, not be noticed, you don't want people to, like, if you're driving in a in a car dressed like a clown, people are going to say, oh, look at the clown, and they may notice the car that you're driving in.
2: But then why wasn't she arrested for 27 years? This happened in 1990, she's not arrested until 2017. Well, it, t- it took, it took a lot,
1: it took a lot.
2: And, and, and I just want to point out that she, like, her and I, I think Michael, whatever, she moved around. She wasn't hiding. She was just, whatever, hiding in plain sight. She went and uh, ran a restaurant, and uh, she wasn't, uh, this is the, I just don't understand, but I will tell you this, okay? So I was able to speak to a local reporter who has been covering the case. I spoke to uh, the state attorney, Mr. Arenberg, and this is what I'm gathering. The two pieces of evidence that have led to the arrest. One is DNA and one is a microscopic hair analysis. Now, to be clear, I do not have those reports. They will not turn over the reports to the media yet. However, I did speak to uh, a local reporter, Maris Badcock and Aaronberg. Uh, He's not confirming the DNA microscopic, but this is what I think, according to Maris, is the evidence that links
1: sure and 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 you're going to have witnesses and and it's a an, it's a it's a wild, wild story. There's other layers to it that we'll get to down the road, but there's another part of this and and like I said initially this this was a potential death penalty case, and mm-hmm. apparently there was some evidence or cooperation that um investigators down in Palm Beach County needed from our neighbors to the north up there in Canada right and
2: mm-hmm. this wasn't a
1: case where uh, where you're extraditing a defendant from Canada, but you just needed help with some evidence, apparently. we're not. It's not clear exactly.
2: I think it was a witness.
1: Yeah, wh- whatever it, Whatever it is, they were not going to cooperate, okay. or they were reluctant to help the United States, who protects them all the time, by the way, from invasion from foreigners. Right,
2: calm down, calm down. Right? Stay Because focused. it was a death yeah.
1: penalty case. It wasn't like they were sending someone. They, they w- weren't going to help us solve a cold-blooded murder. Because it was a death penalty case down here, not-
2: Well, aren't they socialists up there? Uh, what do they do? They let, don't believe in the death Let's take listen
1: to the, the, the DA, Mr. Arenberg, uh, talk about uh, dropping the death penalty.
0: That's one of the considerations, is that when you know
1: they work with our prosecutors and we were uh, getting cooperation from the Canadian government
0: and they made an issue about our seeking the death penalty. So when you look at the facts of the case, when you look at the evolving burdens- that the Supreme court issues in these cases, that the law is, is always evolving.
1: When you look at the Canadian government's request and know, it just, it's the constant nature of a review by a committee here in the office, we decided that
0: we would change our decision on the death penalty. So ultimately it's my decision. I first agreed that we would seek it. And then I made the decision that we would not.
1: All right. So I understand, um, the prosecutor, he's backed in the corner. He he wants a conviction. He needs a conviction. Uh, he wants to solve this case. He he wants it done. He wants justice. So you got to do what you got to do. And and I'm not arguing with him at all about this. Uh, my beef is with, with with Canada. Like I understand. Like you have a prisoner. You don't want to extradite him because they're going to be executed, and you don't believe in in, in the death penalty. Fine. Okay. You can, you, fine. We make those deals all the time. But here's it's it's evidence. It's helping out helping solve a case. Uh, because if you don't help us, then all of a sudden there's a miscarriage of justice and there's a potential for a murderer, well, look, a murderer on. to run free but you because don't you're making some compta- political point.
2: Oh, you know what? Hold on a second. Florida screwed up for 27 years by not arresting the right person. So stop screaming at Canada, okay? Have you not seen Justin Trudeau? Do you not know how hot he is? Are
1: you just like Justin Trudeau because when he visited
2: I love When he him. visited He's so India,
1: attractive. he dressed up so like an attractive. Indian.
2: Yeah, I do. I do like that, man. If they wear my garb, I like them. But wait, just seriously, seriously, you are really being naive to think that politics doesn't have a role in the court system, number one. And number two, you don't know. You don't know that if it came down to it, that Canada wouldn't have relented and allowed, you know, provided cooperation. Should not not have been an issue. They didn't want, they didn't... They didn't want the death penalty anyway because they knew that, and this wasn't Arenberg, by the way, it was his predecessor that they dropped the ball in this case. All right. Can we move on? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, all right, all right. Next well, week right. it's you're, Mexico. You're the case. <laughs> okay. Well, coming up, we have who's Vinny's favorite convicted serial sexual felon. Who's that? Harvey Weinstein. Yes, we have a Harvey Weinstein update for you and for Vinny. That's after this.
0: Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area.
2: Despite the coronavirus, Harvey Weinstein continues to make headlines, Vincent. He's back in the news. Back in the news with a new indictment, new charges.
1: Yeah, and it, but it's, it's a little confusing to me. Um, so confusing. Exactly what's going on out there in Los Angeles. Um, you know, I don't think we're close to a trial out there, but I... I, I Here's, and people are saying, why even do it? Why even do it? You know why? Because every victim deserves their slice of justice. There, there, there should not be free crimes in this country and just because you're convicted of one doesn't mean that you get a free ride for your other crimes. If we've got the evidence, we present it, we convict you, we sentence you, okay? That's the way it works. Don't, don't do the crime if you can't do the time <laughs> and a can, half. How-
2: cliches are you using we're getting slices of justice that's right buy one get one free crimes and then don't do no free crimes no free crimes in this country all right let me can i let's catch everybody up let's catch everybody okay so I, i do think it's pretty surprising that during all of this that's going on we get the press release from the los angeles county district attorney's office that they have added a charge To their existing indictment. Now their indictment had two accusers, a Jane Doe number one, Jane Doe number two, incident stemming from February of 2013. Now we have a Jane Doe number three. Now Jane Doe number three, this accusation stems from May of 2010. We don't know who this is. Okay. So we, I do, I went through my little uh, spreadsheet on Weinstein accusers. I can't, I can't exactly figure this out. I reached out to Weinstein's people. They're not sure, or they're not commenting at least. So that's where we are. We have this new accusation, but here's some interesting developments as well. And part of the press release, uh, the DA in LA, Jackie Lacey, she attached these, uh, charge sheets. And one of the charge sheets indicates that a victim who testified in New York, in the New York trial that we covered, has decided she doesn't want to participate in the LA case. Now here's the big news and I want to credit Julia Janae. Julia Janae figured it out because none of us could figure this out. We thought when they're talking about one person who's in common with New York and L.A., we thought they were talking about Lauren Young. So I questioned Gloria Allred, your former TV mother-in-law.
1: Anchor-in-law, yes.
2: Anchor-in-law. Uh, I, I questioned her about Lauren Young, and here is what Gloria had to say. Lauren Young, with whom I have continuous communication, is still willing, ready, and able to testify in this Los Angeles County case. Is Lauren Young Jane Doe number one or Jane Doe number two?
0: I don't want to identify which one
1: she
2: is, but I will tell you she's one of those two Jane Doe's. Okay, so Gloria says Lauren Young, full steam ahead, spoke to her after the interview. She confirmed Lauren, Lauren is on board. And then Julia, Janae and I were trying to figure out this affidavit and Julia said, hey, the only person this seems to apply to is Jessica Mann. Jessica Mann was one of the main accusers in the New York case. This charge sheet indicates that the victim is someone who got a conviction as to her charges in New York, doesn't want to go forward in L.A. Julia Jnay broke the case wide open.
1: Yeah, and I can understand that. That was not an easy ordeal for Jessica Mann. That was was, uh, brutal. She it handled brutal. it the
2: worst. She handled she, it the worst.
1: She, she did. And, and hopefully she'll be able to heal from this and, and, and move on and move forward. So maybe that's one way of moving on and moving forward is, uh, you know, bowing out of any part of the L.A. case, which I, I think she's entitled to do. I absolutely do. After what she went through.
2: Listen, everybody's entitled to anything they want. But you cannot deny that we are already starting the L.A. case with Messiness. This is the hot mess express prosecution because you've got the coronavirus, you've got Weinstein sitting in prison upstate, you've got charges being uh, brought and then being taken away. It's already a disaster. And that's how the New York case started, too.
1: Yeah, I think we're a couple years away on this one. I really do. Is is he going to have the same team? Or is he going to bring in uh, Garagas?
2: I have word that he has a... You know, the Arthur Idala was the New York contingent. There is a Los Angeles contingent. Haven't heard about Don and Damon, if they're going to get the band back together. But we shall see. We're going to stay on top of this case. Of course, Weinstein will always bring us news. But coming up next, we have to talk about uh, this stepmom that gives all stepmoms on the planet a bad name. That is after this. Another case that we are on top of almost daily, and that is the world's worst stepmother, Letitia Stouck from Colorado. I don't know where to begin with this, Vinny, because every day, every day, we seem to be finding out more information about this, uh, and it involves the very sad and tragic murder of Letitia's 11-year-old son, Gannon.
1: Yeah, Gannon. Um, you know, his mom and dad split up when when he was younger. His dad remarried Letitia Stouck, so she's actually in the house raising him for a couple of years in this neighborhood in Colorado Springs. And um, to me, I look at this case and and the allegations when you when you heard the prosecutor and they haven't said much, um, but but the actual charges involving. Um, Criminal violence with a with a, with a firearm, a sharp object or or knife. I can't imagine what happened to this 11 year old boy, and I can't. Well, Im- I, it, it's it's horrible, um, but I but I think it's a case where there's going to be a lot of evidence.
2: This is a real mystery, though. This is a real mystery, and I was fortunate enough to speak to one of their neighbors, a gentleman named Roderick Drayton. And after speaking to Drayton, I am now more confounded about what happened and when it happened. Roderick Drayton, uh, and he was on some local news and he came on Corey TV and he he basically he turned over surveillance video from his home, uh, which captures the uh, outside of the Stout residence. He turned that over uh, to authorities and that has kind of unlocked this door into when was Gannon killed. So let's first just listen to Roderick. And this is him talking about the, uh, the initial days. And we're talking about now January 26th, January 27th. Let's take a listen.
0: So I started looking and looking. I stayed up half the night just looking and looking and looking, look, looking from frame to frame to frame to frame until I saw Sunday, the kids were outside playing. She picked him up. I could hear her tell Gannon, Gannon, you get on this side. Lamb, you get on the other side. And they drove away. And I watched him. They came back. He got out of the car. He took off running to the house. And so that Monday I saw him, I saw him, get, I saw him walk to the truck, back up. Then I saw Gannon come out of the house. And I was like, man, he doesn't look right. He doesn't like he did Sunday. Because Sunday he was running and playing. And he looked like he was struggling. Like I said, like he was drugged or something. Because he just could barely move."
2: Vinny, In the complaint, the affidavit, rather, that we all have, this is a 32-page document, and in the document it says as the time and place of the occurrence, of the crime, as January 27th. After speaking to Roderick, I'm not so sure if that's the date because the authorities think that Gannon was killed between... 2 and 3 p.m. on January 27th, which was a Monday, in his bedroom because the evidence in the bedroom, the blood, et cetera, is consistent with him being killed in the bedroom. Fine. Here's the problem. Roderick says that he saw Letitia take Gannon into the red truck at 10.13 a.m. on January 27th. Leaves, comes back, 2.19 p.m. She exits the vehicle and she is alone. After I spoke to him on the phone, he says to me, Seema, I listened to that clicking of the locked door. I watched that video 30 times. I am telling you that kid never returned.
1: Yeah, so you've, got, a, you've got an inconsistency and this is something the defense, of course, will pounce on uh, but I, the only thing it does is it messes up prosecutor's timeline it it, yeah. do, it it doesn't point to anyone else it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't help her stories that she right. allegedly told investigators but it just messes up the timeline but you know the defense will do something with it and i don't know exactly how they're going to try to exploit it but it, it, it makes it a mystery as to when where and how when right where, but and that's how. a real
2: mystery I mean, aren't you I, – I, this, this is really just, like, stretching my brain because I'm trying to figure out how do you reconcile all this. Now, I will say this. And okay, so here's the other part, which I know that you're going to find disturbing, is that uh, – so January 27th, that evening, is when Letitia reports him missing, right? I'm right on that, I think, yeah? Okay, so then the next day, Roderick, who doesn't know – Al and Letitia very well, but he knows his video captures their home. He goes over there and he says, "Hey, you know, I'm so sorry what you're going through." Blah blah blah. Uh, do you want me to look through my video camera? Do you want me to f- see if I find anything? And Leticia says no. So I'm asking Roderick. You know, we're doing the Zoom interview, and I'm basically saying like, "Hey, uh, what was her demeanor like?" And you know, he said something, and then his wife who is my new MVP of interviews, she basically Zoom bombs her husband and says, no, 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 no. Let me clarify what happened. Let's take a listen to Tamika. Oh, no, I want to object on this one. So I did not know at the time that she was actually his stepmom and not his mom. Um, I did not know that she was not his mom and actually his stepmom. So when I came home from work and I looked over, there, she was smiling. She was actually acting like she was at a barbecue. Because I was like, that's very strange. My son's missing. I'm over here acting like we're having a party because a lot of people came to the neighborhood to offer to look for Gannon and she was out there smiling and she was just enjoying the company and was just too relaxed.
1: That's revealing. That is so revealing. And this, see, this is the type of evidence. Yeah. Forensics are great. Blood stains, timelines, all of that. But ultimately a jury judges a person. And Letitia stalk is the person that they're going to judge in this case. And the way she's acting and reacting is going to send off alarms through the roof. This is the the day after an 11-year-old boy who you're raising as a son disappears and you're acting like you're going to a barbecue? You're going to a barbecue? Come on! No, that's not how you act. That's not how you react. And And, and that is the filter through which the jury will hear all the other evidence including the timeline and the problems and i think that is going to help prosecutors immensely because i I think it reveals the the truth. i just think this can't go to
2: trial this case is a mess i she uh runs away right Uh, she's like on the run and then she oh at some point a fake polygraph test i did not even know there was such a thing Yeah, she took a fake polygraph test, and wait for it. She accuses some guy. His name is what? Quincy Brown.
1: Egardo of raping her. Egardo.
2: Oh wait, who's Quincy Brown? I have. There's somebody. I I don't know.
1: I don't know who Quincy is, but Egardo in in quotation marks is the Hispanic male who held her at gunpoint, sexually assaulted her, held Gannon at gunpoint, fought him off after he jumped on on his back. Uh, little Gannon jumped on Egardo and and then Egardo took off, and apparently would be the number one suspect, although I suspect Egardo could be hanging out with Nanny the Zanny from the uh, Casey Anthony trial. Uh, I think they 're both in the same place imaginary, fictitious people who do not exist, people who are created by people who think that they
2: can pull one over. Oh, wait, I found it. Okay, so it's in the affidavit. There's some guy, Quincy Brown, and uh, Letitia told investigators that Quincy Brown had something to do with Gannon's disappearance. Quincy Brown is someone who's like a wanted criminal. And I spoke to a local reporter who spoke to Letitia at some point and said that she just randomly, this is, again, nothing's confirmed, but she just randomly got this name from a a wanted website and thought that it would help her case. Yeah, well... Quincy Brown is in the affidavit. Poor Quincy. You know, I mean... Right. Do exactly. one crime. Don't be blamed for other crimes. Exactly, Come on, Quince.
1: And, and we've, seen, we've seen this before. We've seen this before. And here's the problem. Do, are we going to go with story one, that he went to the friend's house? Story two, that she was sexually assaulted and Edgardo took her? Or are we oh, going to blame Edgardo. Quincy Brown? I mean, is a multiple-choice defense that they're going to put up? No, they can't. Uh, she, they
2: can't go to trial. This I don't know what trial.
1: they're going to say. They're, you know what this is going to be? This will be one of those trials where they're going to say they didn't meet their burden. And when defense attorneys say they didn't meet their burden, the defense attorneys mean he's actually that the person actually did it, folks, okay? He actually did it. They just haven't proven it. But he did it, but they can't prove it. That's that's what it is. That's what it's code for when they say we're hey, gonna we're gonna hold the state to their proofs. <laughs> hey
2: Vinny, hey Vinny, before we have to go, what do you think the defense is gonna go with?
1: <laughs> what, exactly? What are they gonna go with? <laughs> yeah, because it has nothing to do with the truth. <laughs>
2: And, and, go and don't get me wrong. Go we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Quincy Brown. We're gonna yeah. blame it all on Quincy. And
1: don't get me wrong. Uh, we need criminal defense attorneys. Oh uh, God, this is like your th-
2: caveat th- to protect they, yourself. They, we need defense attorneys. They are attorneys. the foundation of all. our base,
1: um, basis of I our system them, of justice. Them. Without them, the whole the Who whole system crumbles.
2: I harass,
1: but I just like to uncover the truth, just in case you're serving on yeah, a jury. That's
2: yeah yeah, a yeah. regular Mahatma Gandhi. All right. Okay, I'm gonna run it up. out
1: of time. <laughs> but yes, this, but, but this, this story and others will continue to follow uh, every night live from eight to eleven p.m. Absolutely. on Court TV on television. And and if you if you have to find Court TV, like you're gonna find, you can go to CourtTV.com and then there's a little tab that you can hit, say where to find us, and then uh, you put in your zip code and you can find where we are, or put in your state. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. But we're also free. Uh, Sema, if you've got a digital antenna,
2: that's right. Tell them how to do it, Vinny.
1: If you've got the digital antenna, you've had it for a while, and, and now you've got extra time. You know, you're in your house oh, with the God. kids. You can teach your kids how to rescan the digital <laughs> antenna. Gather the family around. <laughs>
2: and, and, and teach me while you're at it, please. It.
1: <laughs> rescan <laughs> that antenna. All right. All right, I've, I've got to uh, make sure everyone is safe. I, I have to okay,
2: off. thanks for listening, and everyone be safe.
0: This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.